What's up, gamers, and welcome to Lost at Sea Gaming. I am Hulking Yoda, the captain of this ship, the SS Gamer. And on this episode, we decide absolution or retribution for the small town of Dormont and this review of those who remain. All right, guys, so those of you that know me and know this podcast that have stuck with me for quite a few reviews now, you will know that I always start with the story of a game. So the story and those who remain. Now, it starts off very interesting and possibly uniquely so more than any other game that I've ever played. Uh, and what I mean by that is you are driving in your car on the way to a hotel to meet a woman whom you are cheating on your wife with. So a very awkward scenario to start out the game, uh, to say the least. Now, without going into spoilers, let's just say that upon arrival at this hotel, you realize that, wait a minute, where is everybody? There is literally nobody around. There's no workers, there's no patrons, there's no one anywhere around. You even go to the room that your mistress is supposed to be waiting for you in, only to find her luggage and nothing else. Well, in the process of being in this room, something happens and things change. Let's just put it that way. Upon exiting uh, the hotel... Uh, you get wrapped up in this whirlwind story as the main character in the town of Dormont, which now has seemingly been taken over by these very shadowy, dark figures that have glowing white, bluish eyes and seem to stick to the shadows and like the shadows a lot. So bottom line is, as the story progresses, you, you tend to find out and, and learn very quickly Dormont, as is a lot of the uh, cities around here that are very small, quiet towns in the U.S., they have a lot, it has a lot of secrets, a lot of buried secrets. And uh, it's your job to kind of discover the mystery behind those secrets, the why, the who. And then this game is a little bit different in the fact that it allows you to give absolution or retribution to those involved. Uh, as the story progresses, uh, to be honest, it was mostly done through uh, very short, very minimal uh, amounts of cutscenes, and uh, the most of it was done through reading documents and different things that you find as you're exploring the different environments in the game. 
ultimately, you're going to learn the secret behind the death of a young girl that really is the catalyst for everything happening in the town. And, uh, you know, the, the town's citizens and positions of power that kind of uh, helped cover it up and why they helped cover it up. And there's just a lot of detail going on there. Uh, there's a lot of religious undertones and supernatural forces that are involved in this game's story and the setting. And uh, it's it's very, I don't know, I don't want to say I felt like it was uh, cliche, but I honestly did feel like it was a story that I had experienced before. Uh, it, it was okay. Uh, but ultimately, I will say that the story was one that never really grabbed me. And for me, guys, when I'm playing a game, a story is a huge, huge component. Uh, sometimes the gameplay, the graphics, other things could suffer, but the story, as long as it's a great story and has me hooked, I'm good. Uh, this game's story was just kind of middle of the road, uh, in my opinion. So that's kind of my thoughts on the story. Uh, obviously, I don't want to go into too many details. Uh, just know that in the end, it is one of those games that based on the decisions that you make throughout the course of the game, it does affect the story uh, ending that you get when it's all said and done, of which there are three endings total. So just keep that in mind as you're making decisions throughout the course of the game. So now let's go check out what my thoughts are on graphics and sound. So when you look at the graphics in this game, I personally thought that overall the environments, they were pretty decent. Uh, a lot of the environments though got on my nerves because I don't know if it was intentional because the uh, shadowy figures that kind of haunt your, you know, are a haunting presence in the game as you're going through and exploring the environments. I don't know if it's because they preferred the shadows and, and maybe the fog was meant to add uh, to, to that mystique or that uh, tension or if it was meant to cover up uh, you know, different other things in the game. Like back in the day, Silent Hill, they put fog in the game because the draw distance, there was not the technical capabilities of the PS1 to put the draw distance to a whole town. Uh, so I don't know what the reasonings were, but there was a lot of areas that seemed very foggy to me from a lighting and graphical standpoint. Uh, but the details within, like, say, the buildings or some of the exterior environments, uh, they were pretty decent. I felt like the interior environments were better, like inside the office buildings or post office offices and, uh, you know, just different things of that nature. I felt the interior environments uh, were more detailed and, and looked better to me than outside. Uh, you know, the lighting effects, you know, for a game that really plays on the fact that these uh, entities stay in the shadows and you kind of have to play with light and darkness uh, in order to keep them at bay. I felt that the lighting was okay, but I, I didn't think that it was the best I'd seen. So I was very kind of average uh, as far as the, the lighting is concerned. Uh, the character models, I didn't think from a graphical standpoint, looked good. They were pretty much of that plastic doll looking variety. Uh, and it really bugs me when I see that. And especially when I see it coupled with a, a complete lack of attempt at sinking uh, the lips to the voice acting. Um, that, that bugs me. Maybe that's a little bit nitpicky. I don't know. But for me, I, I like to have at least a person who I'm talking to to have their mouth move. Um, now, understand, I, I do get it. This was a, a lower budget title, uh, indie developed game. I love indie games, uh, but these are just different grievances that stood out to me 
um, throughout the course of my playtime. I did think now that the voice acting, speaking of, was very solid. Uh, definitely uh, grade A talent there on the voice acting side of things. I thought the music was real uh, good and, and definitely fit the game and the setting and the different moments uh, of tension and otherwise I, I thought played out real well. And overall, the basic sound effects, you know, footsteps and doors slamming and different things of that nature, they were just kind of average. Nothing really stood out to me or made me say, think, wow, you know, this is a game that needs to be on Dolby Atmos or something to that effect, you know. So overall, I, I would say the graphics and sound uh, came in right at about uh, average grade for me. So let's see what I thought of the controls now. All right, guys, so in this game, those who remain, you're going to be playing from a first-person viewpoint using dual analog controls. Uh, I thought that ultimately the character controlled well. Uh, the controls were pretty decent. I uh, didn't really have too many issues with it sometimes in these kinds of games. I feel that the character movement is too slow. Uh, I did not get that in this game. They also did have an option if you, well, you need to sometimes to run or sprint uh, by holding in the left trigger. And uh, that definitely was a plus in certain scenarios uh, for certain different reasons. But uh, yeah, you know, you move at a, different, a decent speed. Uh, the first person viewpoint was, in this kind of game, it, it makes sometimes interacting with or picking up items uh, tedious or what I feel is tedious. You got to get right on or right over the item and, and press the, the A button in this case to pick it up and Sometimes trying to rotate an item did not work or uh, the action was not as fluid as it should have been. Uh, you can pick up items and then throw them uh, with the B button on the Xbox. Uh, there, there really wasn't much going on, to be honest with you guys, as far as controls in the game. I mean, that's really it. There's really just movement, running, interaction with items in the environment, and throwing those items. There's literally nothing else really going on here. Uh, it's... It's that, I don't want to say basic in a negative way, but it's that kind of, a, you know, just your basic kind of game. Just kind of exploring, story-driven, narrative-driven, uh, interaction with items in the environment, that kind of thing. So, controls, uh, not really too much going on, uh, but what was there was, was not that bad. Uh, so, let's talk about the gameplay. So, over the course of this game, you were going to be exploring key landmarks throughout the city of Dormont, like the post office, the supermarket, the sawmill, uh, and the police station, to name most of them. There are a couple of other locations that you'll go, but I'll leave those for you when you're playing. Uh, as you're doing the exploration of these environments, you're going to be trying to avoid darkness. And the way you do that is basically by flipping light switches. So everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you're going to have to keep an eye out for a glowing tiny little red dot that is indicative of, hey, I'm a light switch. And you are going to need, uh, very much so in most areas, to seek out when you first get there, those light switches. Because, as I mentioned before, there's these shadowy enemies. Uh, well, I say enemies. You don't actually ever really fight them, per se. But I will say that if you get too close, uh, even a toe's width uh, too close uh, or too much into the shadows, they will immediately one-hit kill you and you're dead. So bottom line is keep your distance from these guys. And so a lot of times you're going to have to go to like a door, a doorway of a room and just kind of like tap the analog stick just enough to where you can see and barely see enough to see, oh, is there a red dot over there? Okay, cool. There's a light switch and flip it on. And once you flip the light on, the enemies disappear. Uh, 
So that is the basic gist of your exploration. Uh, as you're doing that, you're also finding different items in the environment like documents or clicking on computers and reading emails or finding different files or, or things of that nature uh, in the police station or post office, just different things like that as you're going through and exploring. Now, the one thing that breaks it up a little bit is there are two different environments in this game uh, or two different worlds, if you will, dimensions, however you want to word it. You have the normal, regular realm or world, and then you can alternate or switch between the uh, regular world and the shadow world. Now, the way that you get to the shadow world is there are specific doorways that you have to find and then enter through in the environment that you're exploring. And basically what it does is the two of them interact with one another. So if you have an area that's blocked in the regular world, maybe it's because there's an item blocking it in the shadow world. So you find the doorway to the shadow world, you enter in, you remove the object blocking the doorway in the regular world, come back out of the shadow world by finding its doorway into the regular world, and guess what? You now have access cleared and can move on and progress. Now, that's the most basic of basic uh, interactions between the two worlds, but that's essentially what you do. Uh, sometimes it's actually light switches. Sometimes there's uh, rooms in the regular world that are dark and you can't access because there's no light switch or you can't get into the room far enough to access the light switch. And you have to wait until you access and find the doorway into the shadow world go to the room, turn the light switch on, and when you come back to the regular world, the light's on and you can explore the room. So things of that nature are, for the most part, what you do, I would say, in the entirety of the first half of the game. Uh, as you're going through, obviously, you're going to get story, as I mentioned, through the brief cutscenes and those documents. Uh, there are some sections in this game, though, where there are actual uh, pretty terrifying enemies that are walking around uh, and stalking you, essentially. Uh, there are just a handful of these sections, uh, and they were more annoying, honestly, to me than anything else because it kind of slowed down the game. And I don't know if that was the intent, ultimately, is to artificially lengthen the game or to try to add some differentiation to the gameplay. But ultimately, uh, they're there. And what you have to do in these sequences is just like any other game in these scenarios, uh, say there's this giant monster-looking creature that is just kind of walking in a pattern back and forth in this environment that you have to navigate through. Sometimes it's a matter of just getting from one side to the other in the environment. Other times, towards the end of the game, it's a matter of actually figuring out puzzles and finding items and using them to progress to the next area, all while avoiding these stalking creatures, is what I'll call them. So those, they weren't terrible, but, uh, you know, ultimately, they they were... They were there. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it that way. So as far as the gameplay concerns uh, that I had, as far as my grievances, uh, my annoyance, the first annoyance that I had with the game, there are these invisible barriers with the light switches uh, or the darkness. Um, and what I was referencing earlier, that, that toe's width, that is not an exaggeration. You really have no uh, exact way of knowing how far in you can go. And especially if it's a room that the doorway is positioned where the light switch is right there on the inside. And you just kind of have to, like I said, keep tapping the analog stick uh, in the direction to kind of line yourself up perfectly. Uh, but it's like one slight more tap inward and boom, the animation goes into effect and you're attacked by a shadow person and you're dead. Uh, which leads me into my next uh, grievance which is a poor checkpoint system. 
So say that you've been playing and progressing through a house, because there are different multiple houses, actually, that you're going to have to go through and explore throughout the course of this game. Say you're going through the house and you've explored both floors at a certain point, and say you get to the second floor and you're at the end of the second floor and you got a room you got to flip a light switch on in. Okay, well, say you tap it just a little bit too much, that toes width, uh, and boom, you, you end up getting killed. Okay, darn, I got to start over. Hopefully, it'll have me like right on the second floor or when I picked up that key item just two minutes ago. No. It'll start you back as if you just entered the home and you got to do everything over that you've done to get to that point again. There were numerous, numerous times throughout the course of the game that this happened to me where I would get, in my opinion, very annoyingly uh, and, and unrightfully so, uh, attacked by one of these shadow people and then I would have to redo a whole section. Now, granted, yes, it took me a lot you know, less time to go through the next time through because I knew where everything was and what I was doing. But it's not the point. It's like, come on, man. Like, there's got to be a better checkpoint system than this. Uh, so that really frustrated me. Uh, I also felt like some of the enemy stalker uh, that I was talking about earlier, those enemy stalkers, I felt like their placements upon your checkpoint reload was unfair sometimes. So... It's not like they would reset the checkpoint and you would reload and it would be everything defaulted back to the way it was when you first entered that situation. No, the stalker creatures would still be in the progress of their, their pattern, their walking pattern. So, hey, if they happen to be right there when you reload and you're right there next to their, their uh, pattern, when you, you know, load back into the game, oh, they're right there and it's immediately, boom, you're getting killed and then you're having to reload and... There is actually a sequence where I had to sit there and just die three times in a row because of the way the checkpoint reloaded. And I'm just like, man, this is, this is not cool. Uh, so that was extremely frustrating. And uh, as well as some of the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the item interaction with the controls, I, I really, really get frustrated and hate that in these kinds of games where it's just so intricate uh, just to pick up an item and examine it. So Outside of those issues, those are my main grievances with the game and the gameplay. Uh, so now let's go and see what my final thoughts are. So gamers, for my final thoughts on those who remain, I'll say this. It wasn't a bad game by any means. It just, it wasn't one that I could really get into. It, it felt cliche in its story and the gameplay and it was really disappointing because it didn't feel as fresh as I was hoping that it would based on what I had seen in previews and seen in the trailers before its release. Uh, just there was a lot of promise here that I was expecting, um, you know, especially within the setting that it was. I was really kind of hoping for a spiritual successor or like an homage to Silent Hill in a sense. Uh, and I never got that at all from this. And I was just kind of felt like I was going through the motions. I will say for about 10 to 12 hours probably um, is about the length that it'll probably take you to play through this game, depending on how many reloads you have and things of that nature or how thorough you are exploring the different environments that you go through. Uh, for me, it was just over 12 hours I spent in the game. But again, I mentioned some of the issues that I had, as well as me, I'm kind of OCD with uh, exploring rooms and houses and things of that nature. So bottom line is, Due to these grievances and the few graphical and technical issues that I had referenced previously, I have got to give this game a 7 out of 10.
That'll do it for this review. I hope you've enjoyed your time aboard the SS Gamer. You can join the ship's crew by reaching out to me via email at lostatseagaming at gmail.com, as well as on social media on Instagram at lostatseagaming and on Twitter at lostatseagamin1. Again, thank you for listening, and until the sea says otherwise, we'll keep sailing.